0: happy sabbath Sabbath. thank you elsie for reading god's word thank you to the praise team for prepping everybody getting everybody pumped up and ready for god's word Amen? amen this book is powerful and living sharper than any other sword amen cuts right to our heart and makes us ready for jesus when he comes and so we're so glad. We're thankful for Donovan and the outdoor ministry and for all you mothers. Every one of you has a mother, right? And so we're thankful for each and every one of you. And if it wasn't clear, because I don't know if you see the, the title there, you're confused because you heard. Um, I want to make sure it's very clear. We would like for you guys to call the church office And just give us a heads up that you're coming. If you don't do that, we might not have enough gifts for everybody. We will try to expect that maybe some would not have heard or maybe missed this. But please call the church office or email the church office and let them know so we can be ready and we can just have an awesome time together. Amen? All right. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven... Lord, we need you every hour. Lord, we're so easily confused. But Lord, you are still striving with us nonetheless. Lord, I pray that you would make this message clear. And that it would find hearts that are open. And that Lord, you would do what only you can do which is change our stony hearts into soft and moldable hearts that can be used by your wonderful hands so that we could beat with the heart of God. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we've been studying through the book of Acts, if you haven't noticed. We were going through Acts chapter 1. Last message was the field of blood. Let another take his office. And you guys remember, it was about the story of Judas. And when we dived into the word of God, taking a little from here, a little from there, we started to see that what God gets really angry about is not necessarily the sin that we committed, but it's the pointing of fingers. You guys remember that, right? Because we're going to keep that theme and thought going as we go into confused because they heard. You guys ready? Well, you've got to get out your Bibles. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and we're going to verse 4. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 4. The Word of God reads. I'll give you guys another second. As you guys are turning there, let me share a few things with you. You know, what I'm about to share with you may not be popular, but as my son was going over his Sabbath school lesson, we got to share what's true, even if it's not popular. Right, Carol? Right. we got to stand for the truth. And so, um, a lot of talk is going on today regarding order, okay? Some people are opposed to something they call a hierarchy, And there's been many, many messages and thoughts. Now, I do not believe that we should have dictators and things like that. But I do believe we should just simply follow the Word of God, even if it's not popular. And I just want to tell you a little story. It's called the Great Controversy. There was an angel, and he was over other angels. And I don't know what you want to call that, but he was in a position— over other angels. But he wasn't happy with the position he was in. Even though he was over so many angels, he wanted to be even higher. So it sounds like there was a system in heaven before sin that some angels were over maybe one, some were over ten, some were over a thousand. Kind of like what God did with Moses and Israel. I mean, he doesn't change, right? And so we've always seen this system And today it's under attack. It's under attack. So I just want to give you a little education before we get into the whole message because it all comes together. Okay, so here it goes. In the church, the church membership is where all the power of the church is. But the church, they vote representatives. And those make up the church board. And so the church board then as it's supposed to you know, help oversee the church, has a position of authority that is in the church. Does that make sense so far? But then there's something that has even more authority than the church board, and that's our church business meeting. That's why it's very important that everybody comes to the church business meeting. The reason it has more authority is because there's more representation, amen? So the church business meeting has the highest authority. Then we have, um, you know, pastors within the church. Right? They're called and sent to the church, and they have a certain amount of authority because they're representing a certain number of people. Right? And so that's why it's important. And it's they're not always supposed to just represent the large majority, but sometimes they're supposed to stand there for the others that aren't being. You know, accept it as well. Are you following? Okay. So God sends pastors. And then above the church is the conference. Why is the conference above the church? Well, it's quite simple because the conference is representing more people than the local church. Are you following? So then above the conferences are, guess what? Unions. Why? Because the unions are representing more people than the conference. But above the union is what we call the general conference. And the general conference is representing all of the church. And that is why we are told that when the general conference is in session, it is as if the voice of God is speaking. And so I just want to make sure we understand what's going on. It's not because a few people have a bunch of power. We don't believe in popes. Or things like that, but we do believe in the system of heaven. Now, if I haven't confused you already, let me let God do it. Amen? All right, so let's see what it says here. You should have gone to Acts chapter 2, verse 4 by now. Here it goes. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, aren't we looking forward to that day? When we could all be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is Pentecost. I mean, this is the early rain, and we're all expecting the latter rain. So I hope, I hope, that you guys aren't thinking, I hope we can just get what they got. I hope you're thinking, like Elisha, I want a double portion. Amen? Because when you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got everything. You've got everything. So here's what it says. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what did that all mean? It says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. Your mind should be running to the three angels' messages, right? Because the Holy Spirit's being sent To reach every nation, kindred, and tongue, and people. What's happening here is the reversal of what took place a long time ago after the flood. You guys remember, right? There was a tower built called what? Babel. And that's where the languages were confounded or confused. Right? And so there at Babel, God confused the languages for a purpose. You know what that purpose was? It was because God wanted to give you a chance. And had God not confused the languages at that point, everyone would have congregated right there, and they were all congregating with hard hearts, and God would have had to hit control, delete again. And he couldn't do it with the flood, even though they were so confused... I was talking to my kids. I mean, they could just walk right up to the Garden of Eden, the entrance there, and see the angels there. I don't know how it could be any clearer, right? They're right there. And then in the sky, there is a, a rainbow. You've seen that before, right? I know it's a big thing, but there was this rainbow. And what did that mean? God said as simply as he could, I will not destroy the earth again by flood. And if you ever get confused, just look outside at the rainbow. Well, they looked outside at the rainbow, and they got confused. The, God's word just seemed so unclear to them. So they said, well, you know what we need to do? You ever see a flood, right? When there's floods, there's markers they put up. Like in 1973, the water came this high. In 2006, it was this high. And you're like, whoa, how did the water get that high? Well, I'll tell you, during the flood, it went above all of that. All over the world, Right? And so they looked and they said, what is the highest mountaintop that the water went over? Let's build a tower that's higher. Just in case God sends a flood again. That's why God confused the languages. But at Pentecost, what is God doing now? He's reversing that course of action. Why? So that the message could get to every Nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Okay, you guys are all there. Let's see if we can keep going. So here's what it says next. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Now, have we gotten any better today? Pastor, I'm confused. Why? Well, I didn't know this was going to happen. Did you read your bulletin? It's a a place to start, right? Did you get the one call? You know, that went to every phone? (laughs) Did you get the email? Did you read This Week at Buck's? No, 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 no. Or maybe yes, but life got busy. I mean, we get busy, right? Okay. Have you ever heard Jesus say a parable? Yeah, right? Why did he teach in parables? So you remember. remember. I'm glad you said that. Some people say so that they wouldn't understand. (laughs) No, when he said he spoke them, so that hearing they wouldn't hear and seeing they wouldn't see, what he was trying to say is, it doesn't matter how much I dumb it down. It doesn't matter how clear I really am. Because when he spoke in a parable, I just want you to understand, it wasn't to be obscure. That's why he was scratching his head when the disciples came and they said, Jesus, what did you mean? And he's like, you don't understand either? He's like, I'm trying the best that I can, okay? But I just want you to understand what God has to work with. Look at all of you. (laughs) Look at me, right? In our midst, I could say a word, and it could mean one thing to Andre. It could mean something else to Aaron, something else to Nick. And then we have even touched the female race. (laughs) Species. Okay, thank you for the correction. See, I had to be corrected. Are you following? And so if all of you here and all of those watching online get anything from the message today it's a miracle of God and the spirit of God has done something. Are you following? And I know that sometimes you guys get a different message. Cuz I've had some people come up to me like great message, you know. Okay, what was it about? I'm like, man, that sounds great, but I didn't preach that. <laughs> And sometimes I do believe God gives you a different message, okay? Because He knows what you need. And we serve an awesome God. But here's what it says in verse 7 it says, Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not these who speak Galileans? It reminds me of before the flood. You know, Noah's message wasn't very complicated. It was pretty simple. They were confused, but it was a very simple message. I could probably preach it to you right now. You guys ready for it? God is going to destroy the earth with a flood. But don't despair. He made a plan so that you all could be safe. He told me to build an ark. You know, it's this big ship, and guess what? All the animals from each kind are going to come out, and they're going to come into the ark. Just follow them, and you'll be all right. But they were confused. Jesus often said, I'm going to die, get beat up, be rejected, and they were confused, like, huh? Jesus, you died? What happened? Was it that his message wasn't clear? Now, if Jesus, and I think he's the best communicator, period, couldn't get a message through to the people, then I want you to grasp a thought. I know it's a big thought, and it might confuse you, But the problems with communication might be more with me and you than it is with the communicator. Could we grasp that for a minute? I'm not talking about in every situation and and, and circumstance, right? Sometimes the lines of communication do break down. But what I'm trying to say is that maybe there's a problem inside my heart that won't allow the communication in. Could we grasp that for a minute, that thought? Okay. So let's see if the Bible doesn't break this down a little bit more. But before we get there, let's keep reading. So they were amazed, right, that these were Galileans. And it says this, And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And so what types of people were there? It says there were Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and... Uh, Phygeria and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya joining Cyrene visitors with Rome both Jews and proselytes there were the, the Cretans and the Arabs and we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God and you would think that would be like Amen! Hallelujah! It says so they were all amazed Wow, God, good job. Great trick. And they asked a question. And if you get nothing from the message today, if you're completely confused, at least get this. At least get this. Sometimes you need to stop asking so many questions and just do Sometimes you need to stop asking so many questions. You remember that great controversy I started off with, right? Do you know that it began with a question? began with a question. Sometimes questions get in the way of communication. The communication could be very clear, but a question can muddy it. You say, what do you mean? Well, We know it snows here sometimes, right? You guys know what snow is? The white stuff that comes down? Right, okay, so imagine with me, you pull up to a sign on the side of the road and it says, do not park here after a two-inch snowfall. Is that a clear sign? Okay, but watch how questions can muddy that really fast. Do I not park in front of it? Behind it, right at it. Is it any time after a two-inch snowfall? Or is it only when I measure exactly two inches falling? Do you follow? And I mean, we could keep going on and on and on. But all of a sudden, something that was clear becomes unclear Because the issue was, I didn't want to listen anyways. Are you following? Okay, let's see if we can't keep going. So, they asked the question, whatever could this mean? And in response to that, they must be drunk. Because that makes a lot more sense, right? You've ever seen somebody drunk, they just start talking Spanish and Portuguese and all sorts of stuff, don't they? They must be drunk, and that's why we're hearing the wonderful works of God. I could imagine in the days of Noah, when they saw the animals coming in, they must have said the animals were drinking alcohol. Maybe they were eating some marijuana leaves. Something's going on, but definitely this man is crazy. What else could God do? I mean, if you can't follow after the monkeys, who are you going to follow? I'm sure my three kids would have. (laughs) Got a picture from Chris Ebenezer at school, and they were all in the trees. said, I thought I was paying for an education, not to teach them the jungle life. But, you know, I love my boys. I'd be in the trees, too, so it's okay. So we've got to see if we can understand this better. What was happening? Are you guys ready? So we've got to go to another passage outside of Acts. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 21. So 1 Corinthians, it's right after a cool book named Romans. Then you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 21. And here's what it says. It says in the law, it is written with men of other tongues and other lips. I speak to this people and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Did God know? Does God know? I mean, he whispers in your ear every day. You know, he's talking to you. You know what we often like to do to God? We like to pay him to go away. How do I know that? Well, I read my Bible and I live this life and I've done it too. It's really bad, but it's true. In my daily devotions, I've been reading about the Philistines. You guys remember they attacked Israel, and Eli had two sons. They were some really bad guys. I mean, like, they were like womanizers and taking people's off raids and all this stuff. But all of a sudden, when the war came, they were holy. (laughs) And they they came up with a plan. You know what we're going to do? We're going to bring God into the camp. And so they picked up the ark and they came marching in there, and Israel saw it and they started stomping their feet in a great uproar, just shook the ground as they were like, Yeah! They were so excited. God was on their side. They were going to defeat the Philistines. But they hadn't listened to a word God had been saying. Not a word. So at first, the Philistines were scared. They are like, whoa, what is this? Never has something like this happened. I mean, that's, that's the God that destroyed Egypt. And they had to like really finally just get rid of those people to get rid of that mess. And the commander said, hey, be men. Go. And they went in with such roar and fury, they destroyed Israel with a bad blow. And they took the box with them. And they said, Yeah, our God Dagon is a powerful God. And so they put the box of the defeated God in with Dagon, the powerful God. And God sent them a message. In the morning, when they went in to go worship Dagon, Dagon was worshiping the box. He was just laid there. They said, man, what's going on? This is just coincidence, right? So they pick the thing up. And they say, okay, there it's better. Dagon is towering over this defeated God box. What is going on? Not even thinking that they had to pick up their God. He couldn't even do it himself. But anyways, so the next morning they come in and God says, they didn't get it. We got to make this a little more graphic. So he chops off Dagon's head, chops off his hands and lays them down at the at the feet. And they come in and they go, "We got to move the box." <laughs> We're confused what's happening here. We don't get it. So they take the box and they move it. And the people get the box and all of a sudden they start having problems when they're going to the bathroom. Oh, it starts to hurt. Get these things called hemorrhoids it was a bad plague and then mice start taking all over you know and and they're just miserable and they're like what is God what is going on where is Dagon our God we got to get rid of this box it's bad bad news bad luck whatever it is so they move it to another place and those people go hey 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 you keep that out no thank you What was God doing there, though? Do you really think he was trying to harm the Philistines? Or was he simply trying to reach the Philistines? Think about it. If you missed the message, just read Jonah. Okay? Just read Jonah if you want to know. So he's there trying to reach them and tell them, I am the I am. I am a God who I don't need Israel. I am God. Israel wasn't following. You didn't defeat me. But they were confused. So they had to call their priests then. Right? And the priests come in and they go, all right, this could be coincidence or it could be God. Um, here's what we're going to do. Let's, let's do this plan. You guys all bring some gifts, something that costs you something, and put it on this cart. And then we'll take these two mother cows it's Mother's Day coming up, right? Mothers don't usually like to leave their calves, right? They're, they're little babies. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put these two mother cows that have never been used, never been trained. We're just going to put them on here and watch what happens. And they saw a flashback of the flood. They saw the animals obeying God. Something they were really confused to do. Marching right into the promised land. But the children of Israel see, they go, yeah, good God's coming back. And then they didn't listen to his voice again. And so then they said, just like the Philistines, get the ark out of here. And then it goes to the next place. And then all of a sudden there's this guy named Samuel. You've heard of him before, right? And he offers a sacrifice too. But before he does that, you know what he tells the people of Israel? He says, put away the gods. I don't want to confuse you, but he's talking to you right now. Put away the gods that are among you. You know, the ones that are in the way of you doing what I'm speaking to you about, you know, the stuff you're pushing aside because you're too busy to read the bulletin, to look at this week at Bucks, to participate in the activities of the church. You know those gods? You gotta move them. You gotta move them. And when they did that, God said, now, let me show you something. And the Philistines came like they did before. But this time, it was reversed. The Philistines were slaughtered. And you know what? Half of the majority of them died because God started speaking to them. You know, it says it thundered. You guys, you've read your Bible, right? When when people hear thunder, it's because they didn't hear God. Right? God said, behold, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Some people just heard thunder. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Are you confused? Maybe you are. So let's go a little further because I'm teaching you guys, hopefully, how to study your Bible. That's my goal. I'm not just here trying to talk to you guys for no reason because I know you you probably wouldn't like that anyways, right? So I want you to learn how to read your Bible, how to make it make sense. So I want to show you that, remember, it says it was written in the law, so we should probably go back to that law, where it was written, right? And then we might want to just read a little bit around it to see what God is really saying. Where was Paul getting his message from? Let's go to the source. So here we go. It's in Isaiah 28, starting in verse 9. Isaiah 28 starting verse 9. So you have Isaiah, it's right before the book of Jeremiah. It's after the book of Psalms, if that helps. Isaiah 28 starting in verse 9. It says this. Whom will he teach knowledge? And to whom will he make to understand the message? Let me make it a little more simple for you. Who's going to get it? Who's going to understand what I'm trying to say? And then he kind of uses a rhetorical statement. He says, is it going to be those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breast? Is that who's going to understand? How simple can God make it? So simple that even a baby could understand? Yet we're still confused? Sometimes we even use it like we say it in a negative thing. You're speaking in parables. Really? Or is it you just don't want to hear what I'm saying? Verse 10 it says, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line. God is not stuttering. He's trying to tell you, pay attention. This is important. You want to know how to get it? You're going to have to get a little here, a little there. And if you're still confused, go a little more here and a little more there. Got it? Here a little, there a little. Verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue... He will speak to this people. On the day of Pentecost, these were humble fishermen. They weren't trained speakers. Where is Paul getting this from? Right here. What he's saying is, God is desperately trying to get through. He's saying, I want to make this as plain as I possibly can, but you wouldn't allow me. You wouldn't hear it. You were confused. Even though I told you that the rainbow represents my covenant promise to not destroy you with the flood, you've said it's a symbol of homosexuality. Which is the object of confusion. Now, if someone is struggling with homosexuality, I'm not against you. The Bible's not against you. God loves you. But it's not the way he intended it to be. And you're not a bad person because you have feelings and struggles. If you were, I would be the chief offender because I have a lot of feelings and struggles and temptations and all those things and I'm not judged for that. You know what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to hear, and then I'm supposed to do something. I know this is really radical, but I'm supposed to listen, and I'm not supposed to always ask a bunch of questions, and I'll tell you why. Because if you ask a bunch of questions, you'll never go anywhere. Sometimes what i got to do is I've got to help my leg get up, you know. Some of you are getting older. got to pick that leg up. And then I have to just do something. Whoa! That was different. Wow, things look different down here. And all of a sudden it makes sense, but you had to get there first. Are you following? I know this is really, really confusing, but God speaks to you. You listen. God speaks to you. You listen. Are we getting that? It's a, it's a very, very hard thing. Not because it's hard at all, but because my heart is hard. It's like that old song, right? It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Right? That's the problem. It's me. God is communicating to all of you. Some of you have said things in your life where you go, if God would just speak to me. And God's like, hello? Hello? You there? You see my lips moving? Oh, you thought that was your own thoughts. You thought you were good? Didn't I tell you to read this book? I could sum it up to you really, really fast. You're not good, you're not good, you're not good, you're not good. (laughs) There's a way that thinks inside of you that you're good, but it's wrong. God is good, God is good, God is good. So let me tell you, have you ever had a good thought? Then God is speaking to you. Have you ever done anything that's good? Then God is working through you. Stop. Stop all the questioning. It destroys so much. You know, people don't want to do anything when you you question so much. Right? Like, imagine you're sitting there and you're like, hey, let's just have a nice time in God's word together. And somebody's like, I'm so confused. I don't get it. I want more. I want it to be exciting. I mean, we've heard that all of our life. I, I don't want the simple stuff. That's not what the Bible said. It just said, you know what you're supposed to do is tell the story to your children and your children's children. And when they ask you why it is that we're doing these things, you simply say, because here's the story. I know this is hard, guys. But that's all we're called to do. Just tell the story, the old, old story. It's all we have to do. Here a little, there a little. Just share the story. Sometimes we go too far. Sometimes our theologians go too far. And if you ask too many questions, you eventually answer it yourself. If you look at how many different ways the language could have said something... Sometimes you can manipulate it to say whatever you want it to say. When God is simply saying, listen to me. I want to make it easy. If it is too difficult, it's usually because it's not from God. Did you get that? Because God said his way is easy, right? His burden is light. Family worship shouldn't be hard, guys. It shouldn't be a burden. Personal devotion shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be a burden. Sometimes we're just not listening. The church shouldn't be a hard place to go. Should be a place that's easy to come to. Ministry shouldn't be hard. You shouldn't look at me and say, Oh, I feel so bad for the pastor. You should look at me and say, Man, I would like to be the pastor. Because a pastor's job is supposed to be simple. You know what it's supposed to be? The pastor's supposed to be here, and all of a sudden the phone rings Hey, pastor. God was speaking to me today, and I really think we should have a Mother's Day luncheon. Really? Let me advocate for you. Let me help you. Somebody else calls up, hey, you know what? I really think we should have some community giving going on. How can I help you? What can I do to stand in the gap for you? That's really how it's supposed to be. Don't get confused. Just listen. Just listen. Sometimes we're supposed to just be silent and hear. I'm going to go over just a minute or two if you'll give me the grace. I got one more verse I want to take you to. There's really a part two that I'm really scared to share with you. So I'm kind of glad we're out of time. But just know, if God says deliver the second half of this, I'll have to. Amen? Isaiah 28, verse 12 says this, To whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Are you at Pentecost now? the refreshing of the rain that came down this is the rest hebrews 4 the opening passage this is the refreshing here a little there a little listening to god's voice you don't get it all at once sometimes he just says move forward and you go uh look scary god you remember gideon right he was hiding behind the the podium or wherever it was, and he's like looking, he hears a voice, and it was like, hey, you mighty man of valor, and he's like... (laughs) And the first message God gave him, go and take down your dad's idols. What? Man, he could have had a lot of questions. Ellen White says this. She says it's better for you to make the wrong decision than to sit in indecision. It would be better for the church to make mistakes than to be so careful that it didn't do anything. Are you following? It is better because God can work with a mistake. He cannot work with a church that's not working. All right. So we're going to end with this because it says, yet they would not hear. And I appeal to you that you would hear. That you would listen to that voice, that still small voice that's communicating to you. And I pray that you would respond and act. Don't live your life hiding. God's way is different than yours. He might say, hey, you got too many people with you. He might say, hey, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. Don't ask a bunch of questions. It's okay to talk to God and reason with him. Don't get me wrong. But when you hear the clear voice, don't act confused. Just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And Move. Amen? Let me step out of the way as we sing tis,